heroes. Welcome to the Performa Popcast. I'm your host, Peter Sirs, and uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. Um, my guest today is a WBFF pro. Um, she is a personal trainer um, out of El Segundo. She runs her own business uh, called Chess Fitness. Uh, she's been an athlete her entire life. She works with um, UFC fighters, NFL athletes, college athletes, and everything in between to the stay-at-home mom to young kids trying to get into sports and just everything. And her company, like I said, Chess Fitness, um, but she's also a longtime friend of mine. So um, ladies and gentlemen of Performa Nation, welcome to the podcast, my friend, Jennifer Palucci. Thank you. Hello. I, I said it right. Yeah, you did. Um, hi, Jen. Hi. Are you in your house right now or is this your office? This is or my is... house. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Have I been to this house before? I don't think I have. No, I actually just moved in here a few months ago. Had to oh. move in the middle of quarantine. Oh, bummer. Yeah, no, it's, it's so so. It's really okay. nice. Okay, cool. Uh, what's your address? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jen, um, like I said, I know you. How, how long have I known you, Jen? We met, I want to say... 2002. Like, yeah, that's what I thought, right? 2002, mm -hmm. so like like almost, like I mean, 19 years, basically. Mm -hmm. You knew me back when I had bleached hair, which is funny. And you knew me when I had my maiden name, so that's why you don't know how to pronounce my, my married name. That's true, I did. And also, I knew you when you had like really short hair. I've known you for like all your hairstyles. <laughs> uh, okay, so Jen, uh, first things first, you you have been in the, basically, you've worked your entire life in the fit, fitness industry. Not like your entire life, but like your entire adult My life. My adult life, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. like a, that's like the only career you've known. 23 years in fitness, basically, which is... Yep. Um, a long time. Um, yeah. What? Uh, first of all, why? Why fitness? Um. Well, as you said, I've been an athlete my whole life. I played every sport when I was growing up, and I just I love I love competition. I love sports. I love everything that it takes to become an athlete and to become better at what you're trying to do and then when i went to college i started working in the fitness center and there was a head strength coach there who just knew his stuff and i latched on to that world pretty quickly and he pulled me under his wing and taught me everything he knew and uh, i started training the athletes there and it was pretty much a game over at that point i just i loved it i loved all the fine tuning and the details behind lifting we he trained me in olympic lifting which is very detail oriented and so i just started developing that eye for coaching properly proper technique and yeah just pairing my studies with what i was studying in school with sports psychology and i mired in psychology also so i really loved that underlying aspect of confidence building through sports and athletics and um, yeah, that's how, that's how I got started. That's great, Jen. So wait, you were an athlete. What, what sports did you play? You played in college. Didn't you play soccer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in high school, I played soccer, basketball, and track every uh -huh. year. I played softball in my earlier years. But when I went to college, I played soccer. And I tried running track again, but I had really bad shin splints. So I eventually had to quit that and just stuck with track for four years. You went to uh, Whittier College, is that correct? Yep. See, look at that. <laughs> look at Peter with his memory. What's the mascot? Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is the mascot? I want, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whittier, I, I want to, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's very weird. What is we it? were the poets. That's the stupidest mascot ever. The poets? Like you're gonna fucking do poetry and like, like intimidate the, the uh, competition. That's that's a, whose idea was that? <laughs> the poet? Is it a liberal arts school? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, we were we were small and we didn't even have um, the Greek 
uh, system. We had society. Oh, okay. That's okay. You didn't miss. <laughs> you didn't miss anything in the Greek. Oh, system. I know. I went to. Yeah. I mean, I was in the Greek system, but I was only in the Greek system so, so I could meet girls, and it, <laughs> it didn't really yeah, even. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it didn't even really help me that much, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like I, like I met them, but that was like it. And actually, never mind. I'm not even going to tell the story because there's. I only have one. <laughs> I don't know if I could tell it on this podcast. It had to be another podcast another day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay, so um, like I, like you like I said, you've been training for 23 years, which is crazy. Um, but. Um, because I know this, but you've been able, I feel like to kind of change with the times. Whereas like some trainers, they train and it's just like this way or the highway, they're still doing the same shit they did, you know, 20, 30 years ago, because it worked then it clearly works now, but you've been someone who is constantly learning, constantly adapting, you know, incorporating new things. So uh, first of all, why? Is that a thing to you? Why is it important? And uh, what do you like? What's your favorite way? Actually, let's just answer that question first. Okay. I'll have any questions afterwards. Yeah, well, gosh, thanks for for commenting on that and for asking the question because that is something that I take very seriously in terms of evolving. So um, I guess the the best way to answer that is that I've always just been fascinated on how the human body works and how does the from, human body work? Uh, God, that would be another podcast. <laughs> Cause I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it well, that's the it's thing. Amazing. yeah, that's the thing. You know, they always say once you get to the point where you feel like you know everything, then you really, you're really in trouble. Yeah. You can't because, do it. Yeah. I mean, the human body is so complex and so um anyway i my niche sort of became injury rehab fixing injuries uh fixing biomechanical issues and so the way i was taught initially uh you know in my immaturity of just being an adult being a human being trying to figure out my career trying to figure out how to implement my training knowledge to each client was immature and as I was watching and observing, observing my clients be coached by me, it taught me all these new intricate ways to um, sort of maneuver my coaching to get better results. Yeah. And um, I... I looked around all over the industry. I got coached by trainers. I went into different organizations, whether it be a training um, facility or a different coach or. Jen, do you, hold on. I'm sorry. Do you remember when we went, we went to a certification together fucking like years ago. Do you remember this? It was like. Which one? I want to say it was like IFPA or something. It was, yeah. it was, it was shit. No, was it ACE? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Was it wasn't ACE because it was, okay, we used to work with an individual and he recommended we get this one. He said, it's the best certification ever. And, yeah. uh, and then it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. And I wasn't even talking about certifications because uh, you're right. Like I, I really yeah. didn't learn much at all from certifications that I took. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was more, it was more about just applying it actually. And with my bodybuilding career, with being an athlete myself, with, um, you know, just learning from wanting to better myself. Something didn't work. I tried something new that didn't right. work. Tried something new. Right. Um, Okay, so you, you talked about it. So I'll ask you some questions about this too. So your bodybuilding career, which is obviously, I love because I, I've always had respect for anyone that competes because I will not give up carbs. Uh, <laughs> I just won't. I don't like, I can, I, I don't eat a lot of them, especially now as I've gotten older. Like I do, I don't do low carb, but I don't do a ton of carbs, at least processed carbs, like but whatever, like I still need them. 
Um, but like to compete, you just have to like not have any for X amount of time. And I can't do that. Um, but what made you get into that, you know, side of, cause that's, you know, that there's, there's training, you know, like as a personal trainer and, you know, helping people lose weight and sports specific training and whatnot, but then there's, you know, competing and that's a whole different genre of fitness. So what made you get into that? Um, well, it was actually in that gym that we were training at together when we had our little crew of trainers and I started beasting out on lifting just like as heavy as I could, as many different ways as I could, every kind of style you could think of. And John, John, um, John Lee, John Lee, um, I think it was his bright idea to go to the bodybuilding show when we went to Vegas that one time uh-huh. and we walked in and I saw all these like amazing bodies and watching the performance, the show, I, I was like, this, this is maddening. Like, I don't even understand how they can create that body. And it, it, you know, fell along the lines that I was speaking about before where the human body can do so many different things and finding that, that recipe, all the different ingredients that pull together to create something that you're trying, that you're imagining is, was just so cool to me. So I got back in town and I started just diving in and I looked around for different trainers, but the first show that I did, I I trained myself. I got a few suggestions and some advice here and there, but I did the whole thing myself and hiked it back to Vegas and stood up there and did my thing, not really know what the heck I was doing. And, um, I didn't place at all, but it was an amazing experience. And a whole bunch of people came up to me afterward and they were like, you could really do something here. You've, you've got the makeup to make a pretty cool career, but you're going to have to do some things differently. And so that just, um, use some few supplements. Oh, like, like yeah. illegal supplements? Yeah, a few illegal supplements. Oh. And I mean, that was the main thing that they were talking about. And then, um, you know, I, I started just poking and prodding about how to really elevate my myself in that world. And I found a few other trainers that were talking about all the st- strategies, like what you were referring to with the no carbs. That's not really, that's not even really the hardest part because, um, it would be the this hardest part be, for me. No, but you don't have to eat no carbs. That's a yeah, very no, old school style of bodybuilding. And that's that's kind of segueing me into another part of this answer because I competed for about five years back in my 20s. And it, I learned a lot, but it was the old school style. And right. I you know, took a little hiatus for about 10 years and then started competing again. And it was a completely different experience. But... Yeah. So you, okay. You took 10 years off yeah, and then went back and then you won or you got your car, your pro card, like a few years ago. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like after taking a hiatus, which is kind of, I'm sure other people have done it, but it's not a lot of people that just be like, all right, I'm going to just not do this for 10 years and then come back and be like, what bitch. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so what was it about like what made you want to do it again after taking so much time off? Um, well, first I'll say the reason I quit in the first place was because it was very challenging for me to balance normal life with that world. Cause that world is very, it's, it's, it's a weird world. It's just very regimented and being in my twenties and, you know, just, coming out of college and trying to figure out how to have my career and have friends and have boyfriends or whatever. I, you had a lot of, it was hard. (laughs) No, I didn't. No, really. I met, um, my ex-husband at the time and that kind of sealed the deal for me because I couldn't have a normal life or at least not the way I was doing it. Cause I was so dedicated to just doing what I had to do for the sport. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I quit because I just couldn't I couldn't hang. It was it was too much of a roller coaster for me. So I went through a lot in those 10 years. 
And I randomly ran into somebody that was competing. Uh, I was at a gym working as a, as a trainer and she had that body. And I was like, Ooh, that used to be so fun. Like, I just remember feeling Wait, like this, that. This when you were working at Unbreakable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just started talking to her and she, she said she competed in WBFF and I'd never heard of that organization. So I asked a few questions and looked into it and it looked very different than NPC, which is where I started. So, um, I don't know. I just got like the bug. I was like, I, I, I kind of want to see what I can do with my body now with the more mature, um, minds, more wisdom, more knowledge about how my body works. And I was like, screw it. Let's, let's see what I can do. So I got my, I got my pro card on my third show. So I, I competed the first time in the WBFF, I placed fifth. And then the second time I placed first, but did not get my pro card. And then the third show, I got my pro card. Wait, I don't know. I don't understand how that works. So maybe explain why you would win, but not get your pro card. Yeah, that's, it's unusual. Um, for other organizations, it's usually top first or second. They automatically get a pro card. WBF does not guarantee that. And I kind of like that because, you know, let's say there are, let's say you're in a pool of contestants who just aren't pro quality, but you happen to be the best out of all of them. They could decide whether or not you're ready to go to the pro stage, or they may think you have a little bit more work to do. So I, I, I understood and it just drove me to push a little bit harder. So when I came back, I got my pro card. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd be fucking pissed if I'm being honest. Oh, I was, I was fucking like, wait, I won, but I don't get a fucking car. Are, are you serious? Yeah, would... there's a picture of me um, on stage when they announced that I got first. And then usually the next step is they they give you the award and they weren't doing that. And I was like, hold up. What? <laughs> and then they ushered everyone off the stage. And I was like, hold up. Ah, man. Yeah, yeah I, I probably would have raised some shit, Jen, if I'm being honest um so okay so now you have your pro card you're obviously you're 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 training athletes and all that like how how do you do that because i mean i'm not i don't live in south bay anymore which jennifer's gym is i, I say jen i don't know why i say jennifer jen's gym uh your gym is in el segundo right yeah which is in south bay southern california nice little beach community um but like, do you advertise or I feel like, do people just like, is it all word of mouth? Like, cause I don't know. These are questions yeah. I have. Yeah, I do not advertise, but that's something that I'm working on right now. My training career has sort of taken a life of its own just based off of referrals. Yeah. And, but it's a little bit different now that I have a facility and I have, trainers who are working alongside me. So I'm not just promoting myself or, you know, relying on the referrals of my clients. I actually have to market for the philosophy and the, the mission that I'm trying to achieve with this brick and mortar spot. So yeah, I'm, I'm working with some really cool people to help me fine tune the marketing side of stuff. Okay. So you, the answer is that you do not market right now. You just get I, people. I do not. Yeah. So how do so how do you get to like you know I know you're training like like guys in the NFL and like UFC and stuff. So like, is it just someone tells them like, oh, you should try this chick gen? Like, because that's <laughs> yeah, like I mean, because athletes, you know, obviously like that's a very specific like especially professional athletes like there's no there is no wiggle room like they have to know that the person that they're working with is like gonna do the job and if you know right. so. Right. Yeah, you're, you're right. So my clients in that vicinity have, there, there's a few ways that I've done it. Um, a lot of it has been, you know, I've worked with a certain athlete and they had, it's usually with injuries. That's how I start. So yeah. say I, I helped somebody get through a pretty gnarly injury and they, they just spread the word, whether it's, on their team or maybe they're at a training facility in the off season and you know somebody 
has an injury or or they're talking about because that world is very like where are you training who are you training with and so when they name drop or um you know talk about how they got their edge everyone else is is perked up and ready to find out where that is um the other way though is that i really put myself in opportunities that i can sort of network and achieve some clients and i've you know i've reached a point where I, I'm I'm confident in what I can do, but I really just want to just dive in and work. So I'll be at a field, for example, and I'll see somebody either moving funny or they're trying to stretch or do something to, to alleviate whatever pain that they're feeling. And I'll just walk up to them and spark up a conversation. And usually I have them on the floor and I'm doing something to alleviate their hamstring or their groin or wait, their shoulder or something you go to wait where you go to like just random fields i, I don't understand <laughs> like you just no, show up so to the park and I'm, like <laughs> no if i'm working at a field with another player oh, okay, and there's a, it, you know all, all of the athletes who are there to either practice or they're doing a skill work and they could be working with other trainers it doesn't really matter um or it could be at a gym where i just see athletes doing their thing i'm just really aggressive with uh helping so i can see, I can see that jen is yeah. very i've known you a long time obviously you've always been like very like i mean not intimidating to me but i could see how like you 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 have a, a commanding presence and like you've always been very like like i mean i would do stuff and you'd be like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and i'm like what you're like do it this way or and i'm like okay you know like but so I could definitely see you just walking up to some fucking 250 pound athlete and being like, Hey man, like right. you're not doing that right. Or something. And, yeah. uh, but what's funny is that I feel like a lot of these guys, like they respond to that kind of, cause most people like kind of cower to them cause they're, they can, they can be such a present. And so when they get someone that like comes at them, like, on their level they're like oh shit okay like let's do this yeah I get you. yeah well and the interesting thing about the approach that i've discovered is especially when i get feedback from players who talk to me about why they trust me is i i really do approach it from a place of i want to hear what's going on with you and and from what i understand that's that's very different in this this industry where people are coming at them like this is what you need to do this is the the way to heal this injury and although i again i have confidence in being able to to heal a, a vast array of injuries i i really care about how they're feeling what they've learned about their body and i sort of meet them in the middle with uh you know just cultivating the right ingredients for their particular issue and usually it's something different that they've never heard of before never tried before and that piques their interest even more because they're like man nobody's ever explained it to me like that or nobody's ever you know shown me how to engage that muscle before and so it i i really just look outside the box when it comes to situations that i know that they're frustrated with because again in the world of injuries you're dealing with people who are really, really, really fucking frustrated, whether their career is on the line or um, the game is on the line or, you know, something that's pretty catastrophic. So I, I understand that. I empathize with that. So I want to get them to where they feel confident in their body again, and then they can play and make their living again. I like it. I feel very confident in my body, Jen. Uh, Oh, I know you do. (laughs) But like, I know. but also like, I mean, cause I'm, I'm, I'm old, Jen. Um, we're, we're both old, homie. Yeah. Um, like, but like also like, you know, confident, but never completely satisfied. Like I'm always wanting to like, all right, I'm going to work on this now or, you know, and yep. um, I don't know. It's just like, even at, after, I mean, cause I've been in fitness almost as long as you have uh, but I've been working out since I was eight you know you know I've been working out since I was eight Jen I got my first for my eighth birthday 
I got a Hulk Hogan workout set and it came with little three little dumbbells and a hand grip. And, and I, and, and it was, it came with a tape that was narrated by Hulk Hogan and it, yeah. And, it, and it, a, 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 I swear to God, a tape, uh, and it was, there was like a, like a, a poster, like with a diagram of all the exercises and what order to do them in. And Hulk Hogan would narrate, he's like, all right, little Hulkster, don't cheat on these or I'm going to body slam you. And it was awesome, dude. And I've been working out ever since. Yo, that's, that's like, great. When I was eight. So no, I can uh, see that for sure. But the thing is, is like, even still at, at my ripe young age, uh, I'm still like, all right, let me do this. Like, I love still continuing mm -hmm. to kind of, push that envelope i have no desire to be on stage uh, i just want to look good on camera <laughs> yes very similar yeah same thing uh, so okay so you're a, a mom mm -hmm. and jen you're not quite 40 yet right i'm 41 wait are you only yeah. a year younger than me yep i don't thought you were two years younger than me i thought you were i just turned 41 last month i know i text you happy birthday on your birthday I know. <laughs> You're like, this is a surprise. I'm like, why? It's your birthday, dude. <laughs> what the hell? Um, I don't remember anyone's birthday. That's why. Uh, I Facebook always reminds me of people's birthdays. Yeah, that's true. I'm not on Facebook anymore. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, I, I have my Facebook page. I just don't yeah. use that. Good for you, man. Um, you're you're probably better off not being on. I was, who was I talking to about? I think I was talking on one of these podcasts actually. But, uh, you know, like I was telling you how I don't. Um, I try to let. I mean, I definitely not not try. Like I limit my processed carbs. You know, like mm -hmm. breads and all like just shit like that. Especially as I've gotten older. Uh, but we were talking about. I have so I do so many of these interviews. I don't remember which one it was. So I'm sorry, guys. But uh, how we paid so much attention to what we put in our body, like as far as processed foods in our mouths, but then we have stuff like our phones and social media, yeah. and we're yeah. putting all these processed information, and a lot mm -hmm. of it is obviously not. I don't like to use the word toxic, but a lot of it is is shit that people are oh, for sure. are spewing. So point is you're probably if you're going to pay attention to what you're putting in your body like ingesting into your into your yeah. mouth maybe also pay attention to what you're putting into your brain because that can have the same effects the same way bad foods and processed foods affect your body and you know your caloric intake and all that stuff the same thing can be said about what you're putting into your brain right yeah and that's exactly yeah. why i stopped with facebook yeah. this is getting a little too much yeah i just like to you know to post stupid shit you know, and get a rise out of people. Yeah, I, wanna, I, I feel like uh, I posted something really clever and that's, and then I just bounce. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, my, my post yesterday said, eat edible, eat dinner, watch Nancy Drew. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm pushing the Good envelope. One. Pushing Good one, the envelope. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen Nancy Drew? No. It's so good. I know I'm not the target demo, but you know, since this is <laughs> a pop culture podcast, that's my favorite show right now, you guys. Okay. Nancy Drew. Uh, are you familiar with Nancy? Are you familiar? Yeah, of with okay, mm -hmm. so in the TV show now, um, she's all grown up, so she's like college age, and her okay. and all her and all her friends solve these mysteries. Um, but there's also like a supernatural component to You're it. Hilarious. So okay. why? Why? <laughs> keep going uh so there's also like a supernatural so like sometimes it's like a murder and then other times it's like a ghost and sometimes like there's a murder and a ghost and it's like there I, i'm gonna be honest i don't get scared but i could see people <laughs> watching it and getting scared like there are some scares in that show it's very interesting and it's it's, okay. a, per it's a perfect combination of like you know who done it but also supernatural, but not like so much supernatural, just enough to where you're like, oh. And then uh, also like everybody on the show is hot. So that helps too. There you go. I knew there was something. I mean, it's a I uh, used show. to read the books. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I never read the books, but now that the show is on, I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna go back and read them, but I'm like, <laughs> when, I, when I tell people about it, they're like, like the books? I'm like, yeah. 
but she's an adult now, get it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, what are, uh, <laughs> did you find your, I know it's hard cause you're a mom. So you probably have to do a lot of like mom things. Um, but you know, while we were all locked up in quarantine, um, I, like a lot of other people were forced to watch, you know, excessive amounts of television. So was there something that maybe you watched during quarantine, during the pandemic that you probably, either that you wouldn't have watched under any other circumstance? No, no? maybe a little bit more, um, YouTube stuff YouTube because stuff. yeah like my daughter really likes she has a couple of different directions she goes on YouTube it's either crafting things because we crafted we crafted the hell out of the world during quarantine really? um like what kind yeah. of crafts oh like tie-dye and building little houses out of cardboard and painting and drawing and uh what else we did a lot of tie-dye experiments. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> that was cool. Tie-dye is mm -hmm. like a tie-dye. I feel like tie-dye never really goes out, but I definitely have noticed a trend. I mean, I'm going through myself. Come back. Well, yes. Personally, I'm going through a, uh, a designer hoodie phase in my life. Okay. Like, like, like <laughs> I bought, like, I've literally bought three hoodies that each cost a hundred dollars each and whatever but like there's this there's one of my friends owns a, a clothing company and they have these tie actually two of my friends have cl clothing companies that are like very like high-end and mm -hmm. these these tie-dye they got they they have tie-dye hoodies that are like 200 300 dollars yeah no i know I'm like get the fuck out dude $200? I thought I was going crazy spending $100 on a hoodie. You want me to spend $200, $300? Well, so what's up with your $100 hoodie that made it so expensive? Um, so, okay. So one of them is, as you know, uh, I'm a big Dodger fan. Mm -hmm. And so the Dodgers won the World Series, obviously. Um, and there's this company, uh, it's called Born X-Rays. It's a, like an LA-based uh, clothing company. And they do like kind of like are you familiar with like supreme mm -hmm. so like kind of like that like they'll do like these limited edition uh launches and so they did one with the dodgers making the world and it was just a really cool hoodie that had like okay. world champions dodgers and just it was very it's got like it's got like it's blue but it's got like red riding and white riding. it's just very pretty and it's kind of like it's it's kind of like a street quote unquote brand, even though it's a hundred dollars. So it's like, what street is going to be fucking a hundred dollars. Uh, but like, I knew it was limited edition. So I was like, well, I have to get that one. And then another one that I got is a, uh, a hoodie. Uh, uh, you know, are you, you're probably familiar with the company roots of fight. Mm -hmm. Like I have all like they have Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. So they, they have a yeah. line uh, with Robert, uh, Roberto Clemente, who was a famous baseball player. Um, from Puerto Rico, who tragic, yeah. tragically, you know, do you know who Roberto Clemente is? Yeah. He died. Yeah, I know. That was like the thing, like he got, he was, I mean, I, I, get, I didn't get to see him play because it was before my time, but at the time he was arguably the best player all around, um, got his 3000th hit, which is a, you know, anytime you get 3000 hits, first ballot, you're in the hall of fame. Like that's how it works. But then mm -hmm. in the off in the off season, he was going on like a a, a missionary trip to deliver uh, like you know foods to poor people like in mm -hmm. I think in like Venezuela or something. He died in a plane crash, so his career yeah. he never got to complete his career. And yeah, really uh, yeah he's, he's obviously and even still like to this day like I'll, almost any player to come out of like Latin America or the, the Caribbean, like they look up to Roberto Clemente. So I got a cool <laughs> Roberto Clemente hoodie. Um, then, I had this, then I had this other Dodger related one. It's like a, I don't know. It's, I can't really, it's got like all these like famous, like all the, the ba basically like all the greatest Dodgers are on it. And anyway, sorry guys. So anyway, uh, tie, we got through that by talking about tie-dye. Tie-dye is making a comeback again. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Jen, I'm going to ask you some tough questions. I, I, I've been throwing you softballs this whole time. Now we're going to ask you some tough questions, okay? Okay. Number one, um, who are the three people who have been most influential to you? Oh, dang. You don't have, um, to, know, you don't have to know them either. I told you they were going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, well, my mom. Okay. My mom. Vicky? Vicky. Mm -hmm. um, do you want me to talk about why? or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just tell right. Um. Well, she raised me as a single mother, and she... She pretty much embodied that single mother, badass, um, I can do everything on my own. Um, but she never, like, she wasn't, she had one job. She wasn't a career woman. She wasn't slaving away, you know, working five jobs like some of these amazing single mothers. But she, she made her money paycheck to paycheck but she was home to be my mom. Yeah. And she even swore that she wasn't going to remarry or, you know, get in serious relationships with anyone. And so after I graduated from high school, which I thought was a little bit, now I think that's a little bit strange just because <laughs> I just feel bad, like that she didn't get to experience that. I mean, men were falling in love with her left and right, but she was just my mom. And yeah. she was at every game, every practice, every pickup games that were out of town just always there and she instilled in me that concept of you can do whatever you whatever you put your mind to whatever you yeah. want to do don't let anyone talk shit to you um stand up for yourself um just like that that badass kind of mentality okay so now i know where you get it from you got yeah. it from your mama. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. That's um, one. Oh, Petey. Oh, by the way, Jen knows me from a time in my life where everyone called me Petey. And I still answer to that. But <laughs> professionally, people don't really call me that. So it's just funny. So that's why she's calling me that. But because I used to go by that and even introduce myself as that and now it's weird but you know it's just funny because I have these people from different parts of my life it's just funny yeah no yeah that's what your name is in my phone yeah um okay Holly Holly um she's another woman kind of like I just described but she's our age so I went to school with her she's a year older than me and um, she just has always been there for me. I played soccer with her. She, I kind of looked at her like an older sister and she's been there throughout some of the hardest times in my life. And so influential in the way that she just was, she just is always this rock of confidence and getting through trials and tribulations with um I don't want to say ease but with like you can you can do this you can you got this you just have to figure out how to do it and she's always been my support system so I would definitely put her on that list okay I went to Sandia prep with her in Albuquerque say, say that again my my high school Sandia prep so I've oh. known her since I was a sixth grader because okay. my school was 6th to 12th grade, so that's a long time. Albuquerque is 505. That's right. I make, I make many stops in Albuquerque. Uh, you do? Oh, for... Whenever for I drive... Canada? No, they don't have a comedy club there. Whenever <laughs> I... Whenever... They used to. They don't have one anymore. Uh, I don't know. I was wondering if things have changed, because I don't go back there anymore. 
No, it's it, it's usually the point where like if I'm driving, I make a lot of uh, I make the drive from L.A. to Oklahoma a lot. Uh, so it's usually where we'll stop to spend the night and then just okay. get, the fu- get the fuck out of there as soon as yeah. the sun comes up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You do. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, you got one more, Jen. Can we can we go to another question while I think about that? Yes. Um, okay. What is your biggest failure, and what did you learn from it? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I'm so good at these. See, like I, I keep thinking of things that I want to say, but then I don't like to call them failures because because well, I learned we, from we, them. We so. could call them we could call them setbacks because because I, I I'm also in the belief that you don't fail unless you quit, and I've always stuck stuck by that one. Like you know, I'm like I might fuck up a lot, but yeah. When I quit, that's when I fail, and I've never quit. So you know, right? Oh my gosh, I still okay. We can go back to that one, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what's okay? Let, let's let's do this about bodybuilding because okay. you know we're talking like life and training and stuff. Um, What's one common myth about your profession that you want to debunk? Uh, the one that you were talking about, this no carb thing. Yeah. Um, okay. The no carbs and excessive cardio. I guess just really like the, I'm going to just call it the old school bodybuilding method. So no carbs, excessive cardio brown rice chicken or even like fish brown rice and broccoli for every meal that you're eating right um six meals a day so that whole kind of package i'd love to debunk because again when i started competing again in my older years i i didn't do any of that i ate all kinds of different foods um it certainly wasn't the same food for every meal and and the fact that I was a mom with a whole bunch of new responsibilities, I wasn't going to have a nervous breakdown if I didn't have like my food dialed in to the T the way I used to in my 20s. And um, just that the the route to achieving that body that is going to be on stage scrutinized by your judges is is very flexible. There's so many different ways to achieve that body. And I mean, each, each show that I've done, I've prepped in a completely different way and gotten pretty amazing results comparatively. So like, for example, one show that I actually had more carbs than I used to in my twenties, I was way leaner, way leaner, doing less cardio, more food. So what's, Mm -hmm. what's different then? Like, well, so yeah, what I was going to say is really the route is based on achieving a really peaceful environment in your body. So, you know, going back to what I just said about not having a nervous breakdown, if something went awry, that's a huge part of it because stress, I, I, I call that like glue inside your body that glues body fat, viruses, diseases, illness. And back in my twenties, I remember I was walking out of my house one day to go to work and I had weighed all of my food. I had like four Tupperware containers and they were stacked on top of each other. I was walking out the door and I was like balancing all my shit and the top Tupperware fell and my food spilled out on the floor. And I like almost lost my mind. I was so upset and I'll never forget that moment. Cause that is, that, that was what I, that just was the definition of how I was living my life. Like everything was just dialed into the T and I wasn't able to adjust very well. So yeah, having a peaceful body, not only within your various systems, so how your hormones are balanced and 
your lymphatic system, your immune system, all those things need to be working in proper order in order for your body to burn body fat. And then having the right coping tools, the stress management to to really keep a peaceful mindset. That that was a huge, that was a game changer for sure. Okay. I like it. So the myth that is debunked is that you don't have to not have carbs in order to compete anymore. And you don't have to do this cookie cutter style of this is how you train for a bodybuilding show. You you just have to find the way that fits your genetic makeup, your physiological health and your lifestyle too. Yes. I mean, that's, that can kind of be said about just, I feel like training in general, like there's no, because our bodies are so different and unique. There's not, there's more than one way to get to a specific, like you, you can have the same goal end goal, but there's more than one way to get to that end goal. Just like Mm -hmm. in baseball, like not everybody has the same batting stance, but they're still going to get the results. It's the same thing, right? That's what's great about the human body, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Okay. You want to go back to your biggest failure? (laughs) Wait, you didn't have more questions? I didn't have any time to think about that because I was answering your question. Uh, Damn it. Well, I was trying to, I can't, I can't just have dead air time, Jen. Okay, no, here. Okay, we'll we'll do this question. Um, Okay, so this is kind of a tricky one. But if you could step into my shoes, okay, um, what would you have asked you that I didn't? Okay. Um, I probably would have asked some more questions along the lines of how to be a mother. Oh yeah, those are my next questions. <laughs> but okay. how to not how to be a mother. I mean while you're doing all these other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so how how do you do that? Because uh, we I was talking to who do we have on? Um, oh, Sean and Holly, and they were talking about like they're they're both bodybuilders. And so, but what they do is they take turns. So like one will be competing, one will be prepping while the other one is kind of being a okay. parent and then vice versa, yeah. but you don't have that option. So how, yeah, how do you do that being a mom and a single mom of all that? Yeah. Um, I heard this analogy. I don't even remember who said it, but it was so well said. Um, She said that all the different responsibilities in your life is like juggling, let's say, 20 balls in the air. Um, But some of them are glass and some of them are plastic. And I just I think that's such a great representation for how to view your various responsibilities. So obviously being a mother is my glass and it's definitely the most important part of of how I'm navigating through my life. and. You know, like, for example, this past year with quarantine and she didn't have school and she was on Zoom and I was taking her to uh, the gym with me and training my clients. I. Jane, you're not supposed to to talk about that. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) No, no, no. Not when the illegal lockdown was happening, when we were still allowed to train. It's okay, Jen. Um, I don't. We're okay. We we are proponents of of fitness because it's so important, especially during this this whole thing that we just experienced, uh, the fact that they're just like, yeah, well, this is a disease that affects unhealthy people, but yeah, don't work out. Sit home and get more unhealthy. And get McDonald's, you'll be fine. And wear a mask yeah. though. Make don't forget to wear a mask and you'll be healthy. Right. It's like, okay. Uh, okay, yep. so I, I, I love uh, the fact that your daughter is like a little mascot at the gym. Like she's on the, mm-hmm. stabi- she's on the stability balls and doing stuff and like, I think like, I mean, like, I don't, obviously I don't have kids yet, but like, that's one thing, like I did not get my love of like working out and whatever from my parents. So I could easily probably not be a healthy person, but I just, I didn't go that route, but I feel like it's important for parents to set that example to their kids, not force them to do it, but just like, to set an example and then the kids are like oh yeah this is what mom does like this is fun yeah you know? oh yeah 
yeah, I'm I'm pretty passionate about that role modeling too. But yeah, yeah, she was running out every five seconds with some sort of problem and everyone just knows I'm a package deal. You're gonna train with me, you're gonna get my undivided attention until my daughter needs my attention. <laughs> and <laughs> um, you know, I think I I think I balanced that role pretty well because um and then my daughter also understands that I'm running a business and she's my little helper and I ask her to help with various things that probably other nine-year-olds are not doing, but she, she just steps up. She's, she's a little bit more mature than her years and she's, she's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Um, who is, uh, your favorite comedian? Oh, well you. Yes. That's the right answer. <laughs> that is the right answer. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's the right answer. Um, Jen, I'm just going to be honest with you right now. You haven't seen me perform in a while, but there's some really cool things happening when I hit the stage, man. It's like, I don't know, I can't describe it, but there's, uh, I'm very excited with what, um, just what I'm doing. Like, I'm in a really good place. It's crazy because I've, I've gotten to the point where, sorry guys, uh, where I can, like, you know, my dad died a couple months ago, you know, uh, and it's just like, I'm just able to take whatever crazy thing happens and figure out a way to make it funny. And it just, it's, I mean, it's kind of like therapy, if I'm being honest, but like, it's just also just really fun. Like I'm having so much fun on yeah. stage these days. No, man, I'm so proud of you. Just, I can tell just from the stuff that you've posted that you're, you're also maturing in your craft and that you're just kind of finding your groove. Yeah, I, I think it's really dope. And I totally understand what you are referring to with the therapy aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, dude, this, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but um, I said I, I was in Dallas. Well, by the time they hear this, this will be in the past a month or so but um i did these shows in dallas and you know like people follow me on social media afterwards or whatever uh, but i did a show and you know i was talking about my dad and then this girl slid into my dm and she was like actually i'll read the message because it's actually pretty funny uh <laughs> sorry guys i gotta look it up How's life? <laughs> hold on. Oh, hold on. I just press pause. Yeah. Okay. So she writes me a message. She, she slides into my DMs and she says that, first of all, she says, you were awesome. And she sends me the emoji with like the kiss. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I did my best. And that's, that's all I say. And then she says, you were hilarious, but... I was really sad for you because if it's true about your dad, you might have some trauma you need to heal. Sorry, I foster one boy and, adapt and adopted three from foster care. All are drug and trauma related. Seriously, if you need to talk to someone, do. I'm here too. I'm pretty good with brain trauma as I've done lots of training. Just made me worry a bit about you. Okay. Okay. Right. Very um, nice this I don't know if it was nice of her. I think it was her way of trying to connect with me for sure. Like, because, mm. but also like, I think that was her way of trying to slide into my DMs and she thought that that was the way to go. And I'm just like, look, like I didn't respond because I'm just like, what I really wanted to say, I'm not going to repeat what I really wanted to say, but I'm just <laughs> like, like I have a therapist. Like I don't like, this is also part of my therapy. Like, just relax. Also, I'm hilarious. So just like, let it be. Like, <laughs> yeah, doesn't have to be so black and white. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jen, are you ready to answer my tough question? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we got it. Let's go. <laughs> oh, the one you asked me before. Yes. Okay. Biggest um, setback. Well. Um, this is going to be an interesting answer and it's definitely, uh, going to be pretty heavy, but 
as a mother. Yes. Um, so I've had two children, as you know, and yeah. my first child passed away three years ago. So, and this is why I'm like struggling with calling this a failure because it's not a failure, but it's not a failure, but my instincts as a mother is to keep my children alive. Right. And I did not do that. And that's, that's tough for me. Yeah. But Jen, you like, I mean, we can talk about this all day, but you know, you did, she was a special needs. Uh, mm -hmm. So you did more than your best, I'm sure, uh, just from what I know and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine because I'm not a parent, you know, I've only lost my parents, but I know that like, I remember even like when my mom passed away that my grandmother who was, I don't know, what, 60 or something when my mom died, like it was even like, like she had that same thing. She's like, you're not supposed yeah. to, you know, you're not supposed to bury your kids. And it's just yeah. like, it's, it's, it's heavy, you know? Um, and that's something that you're obviously always going to have to, to deal with, to think about, like, I'm sure there's not a day that goes by that it doesn't cross your mind and stuff. But, um, so did you decide to compete right after that? Right about? So, no, I, I did my first two shows before. Mm. Um, and. And again, as I said earlier, it wasn't until my third show that I got my pro card. So right. what happened was um, she passed in March of 2018. And the plan was to compete that year, later in the year. And, you know, after after I lost her, I was like, there, there's no way. There's no way I'm competing. That's crazy. That's stupid. Like, that just seemed... Um, like a ridiculous thought and the more I sat with it I just started realizing that my daughter was um like the definition of perseverance she had she had a lot of issues and a very complicated life and she worked her ass off 24 hours a day to survive every day and with a smile on her face so I just started thinking about how I I wanted to and I want to always um, keep her memory alive by you know acting the way that I can just sort of embody her spirit. And so I just realized that if I didn't do that show, I would be just massively disrespectful towards her life and what she represented. And so I inevitably decided to compete because of her and it's actually a dual purpose because I was also really drowning in depression and trying to figure out how to live a normal life again and so I knew that if I put that on as a goal and put myself on that track to do all the things that are necessary to compete eating drinking sleeping training that it would help me just recover yeah and so I competed at that world show and that's when I got my pro card. So it was a pretty, pretty amazing experience. Yeah. I can't, I mean, like I said, I can't imagine and I hope I don't ever have to I imagine. So. <laughs> um, but I mean, that just goes to like your personality and your drive to just be like, okay, well, we're still going to do this. And, not only that, but get my pro card. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that, Jen. Um, can you can you do that thing that you used to do at my shows? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I will I I will try, but um, I'll be honest. Um, I got my second shot yesterday, and it was I was really sick this morning. Oh, uh, what I, I, does that have to do with your throat hurts? I'm not 100% right now, but um, I'll okay. try it. So what Jen don't is- Don't strain yourself. No, I'm not. But I just don't know if it's going to sound as good as it used to. Uh, so what Jen is referring to, uh, I don't know if, if any of the Performa Nation listeners know, but I'm, I'm Mexican. 
And uh, there's this thing um, that Mexicans, specifically like from Mexico, uh, do when like a certain type of song comes on. Um, I want to say it's like ranchero music, or it's one of the types of genres of like of like Mexican music. And so when it comes on anywhere, it literally you could be anywhere, and if these songs come on, you hear ah, <laughs> and like uh, so I used to go. I went to one of Jen's uh, show when you when you won the sword. She won. What was that? What was that? The Excalibur or something? Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, one of the first. Was that the first show that you won that I went to? Second. Oh, it was the first one I won, but it was my yeah. second show ever. Yeah. And uh, so I did that while she was on stage because she had asked me to do it. And, and to be honest, it used to sound a lot better. But like I said, I got my second vaccine yesterday, so I was a little under the weather this morning. But I'm feeling better now, so I'm ready to make out with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my girlfriend probably wouldn't like that but you know it's like <laughs> we've been locked up for like a year uh, well uh, okay Jen tell everybody where um, our listeners can connect with you online and we'll include it in the show notes but in case people don't know how to use show notes tell them where they can find you yeah man my Instagram is chess fitness chess, so, uh, C -H chess under sorry chess underscore fitness Chess, chess like the game yeah underscore mm -hmm. fitness and mm -hmm. that's because your middle name is Chessmore, and you just well it started that way and then yeah. i used that as um an embodiment of my philosophy towards training which is a strategy of you know a oh. cerebral strategy towards uh, navigating your health and fitness with a whole lot of different components do you play chess? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't know shit about chess, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you don't, there's always the analogy of checkers and chess, and right. chess is pretty pretty intellectual. Right. There's a there's this thing talking about like how many calories that people burn while they play chess. Playing chess, yeah. Because like their brain muscle is working so hard, and I'm like, that's yep. crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, chess underscore fitness on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, the, and yeah, then, and then uh, I have a website. Yep. Which chess is fitness online. Chess fitness online .com, and that's uh, they can train. You know, your like I said, your facility. Chess fitness is in El Segundo, um, mm -hmm. but I'm assuming, especially now that you probably also do like virtual training and stuff too. Or yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, I have everything from online programs that are, I customize those for the person, um, do Zoom sessions, we do group Zoom sessions sometimes. Um, and then a lot of clients do a hybrid of all sorts of different things. So sometimes they'll come in, sometimes I'll train them through Zoom. If people travel, there's always an, an opportunity to use a variety of different modalities, but yeah, we make it happen. Okay, um, and then one more question for me. For our listeners too, but um, who is uh, one of your athletes that maybe we don't all know about? It's not a household name that is about to become a household name. Um, Bryson Tremaine. Bryce. Bryce. Bryson. <laughs> oh, Jen, are you serious? Bryson Tremaine. Why are you laughing? Because I have you. You've probably never seen it, but I, I have this. Uh, I have a joke about <laughs> um, people giving their kids like weird names, and I talk about how Bryson's not a real name, and it's so funny because <laughs> in the and so I'm talking about how I, I'm I'm talking about how like yeah like stop giving your kids weird names so that people will remember them, and I'm like Bryson's not a name, and then this lady is like in the back of the of the of the auditorium or the of the comedy club and she's like my son that's my son's name and i'm like well your son has a fucked up name dude and everyone started dying and it's just like so funny is bryson a weird name <laughs> i think it's just a combination of two I, okay there's no 40 year olds named bryson is all i'm saying bryson, <laughs> bryson is a very like more millennial like 22 how old is bryson tremaine 
Yeah, he's he's uh, 21. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a newer name. I didn't. Yeah. I don't. I didn't grow up with any Brysons in my life. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> he might yeah. be 20. He's 20 or 21. Either okay. way. So what? What? What's his sport? Or. He's a. He plays football. He's a wide receiver at Stanford University. Okay. Yeah. He's a badass. I've been working with him since he was a senior in high school, and he walked on Stanford his first year, made the team. Um, was one of two freshmen to make the traveling team uh, really showed up. And by his sophomore year, they granted him a full ride scholarship. Wow. Yeah, he, he's a badass for sure. So I really think he's, he's on his way to being a household name. That's 100%. An, that's, another, uh, that's another fucked up mascot though, right? Fucking, yeah. <laughs> a fucking treat. <laughs> they should have the poets versus the fucking trees. That's Stanford's, Stanford's mascot is a tree, the Cardinal, which is this, this the worst. Yeah. Have you, okay, you've been to a, a game, a Stanford football game, right? When they have the big old fucking Long time tree, ago. They have the big old tree running around on the field. It's <laughs> 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 just so dumb. It's a tree. It's running, someone's underneath the tree running around like fucking, like an idiot. And it's just like, oh man, I'm so scared. The tree. Uh, <laughs> just funny but it's better than a poet i guess not much better but better. it is so um, the poet had this whole like um velvet <laughs> velvet suit with the quill feather thing hilarious, hilarious. yeah it was pretty bad um, okay well jen thank you so much for taking time to do our little uh popcast uh you can like i said you can follow jen We'll put it in the show notes, chess underscore fitness, or check her out, chess fitness online. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jen Paolucci. Thanks for listening to the Performer Podcast. Hang on for a second, Jen.